Our lesson comes out of the book of Acts, chapter 2, and I'm just going to read the very first part of this. I was going to read a little longer, but we're going to talk about the first part. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and the one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This is the word of God for the people of God. Now, of two churches, you guys being one of them, to know about the Holy Spirit is, you guys, we have preached on this, talked about this uh, many times. But just real quick, the overview, Pentecost is really, when you get to the Old Testament, is the Feast of Weeks. From the first fruits, the Feast of First Fruits, which is the feast that which Jesus was raised from the dead, till the Feast of Weeks was 50 days. This is the day, so there's many things that got to go along with this. This is the day in which uh, the Moses come down from the, from the mountain after 40 days of being in the mountain that God gives them the Ten Commandments. This is the original Ten Commandments that God carved, not the ones Moses carved. And so he, got, he comes down, remember he throws them, he breaks them and stuff. So uh, on that there, the Feast of Weeks, it's also it was done there. Uh, we talked about possibly the day the church is born, but I'm kind of like Browning. I believe the church is before this. That's a whole discussion by itself. Uh, but this is the day we recognize the formal church. It is the day of fulfilling from Joel chapter 2, verses 28 to 32, where he says, And it shall come to pass in the last day, says God, that I will pour out my Holy Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And he runs on down that prophecy there. So let's break it up real quick. 50 days, Penta 50. 40 days from 40 days from the day Jesus died, uh, from the day Jesus rose from the dead till Jesus was on the earth in a session Sunday, which was last Sunday, that he goes back. 40 days. 40 is a number of preparation. 10 days from a session to Pentecost. He tells them to go and wait in their 10 days of today, Pentecost. 10 is a number of completeness. It's complete. When Jesus says it's done, it's done. It's all there. The church, if we want to look at it this way, the church is in full swing. The church is fully born. The church has the power of the Holy Spirit. One of the things, this is just a side note mainly for you guys, in the prophecy world, the subject, and this is y'all had a revival on the Holy Spirit that Jimmy did. The Holy Spirit, subject of the Holy Spirit is more popular today than it's been in a long time. Something tells me, when you start seeing things repeated time after time after time again, uh, numbers or words or different things, know that God is showing something. And the power of the Holy Spirit is being shown today for a reason by God. And so here we go with it. You know, Jimmy preached on you all had a revival last week on it. Liz, you guys got to talk about Liz for a minute. My last sermon for about, you know, got to have a Liz sermon in there. Don't worry, I'll put the rest of you in it in a minute. We already had a sermon, we had a revival on it. We already know about it. Pray. What'd you say? 
We had a revival. We already heard it. We already heard it. There we go. We're responsible for what we hear. What are we doing with the power of the Holy Spirit? That's the whole part of the sermon today. What are we doing with the whole power of the Holy Spirit? You know, what, what, the Holy Spirit is God. It is God. It's not a he. Oh, it's a he, but it's not an it. It's not something over there. It is God. It is fully God. No different than Jesus is fully God. No different than the Father is fully God. The Holy Spirit goes along. Here's what's crazy with church people. Not so much you guys, but overall church people. When was Jesus come around? Oh, Jesus was born in the manger, da 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 da. That's technically right, but Jesus has been there from the beginning. John tells us that in the first John. Well, when did the Holy Spirit come? Well, he come on the Pentecost. No, the whole the triune God has always been there because you cannot separate God. The triune God has always been there from the beginning. When was God created? There's a subject that's been flying around lately. Never. God has never been created, people. God has always been God. There's not a starting date. There's not going to be an ending date to God. So that's good news there. And so I was just down the road a little bit. What are some of the names? What are some of the things the Holy Spirit does for us personally? Uh, he's the promise of the helper. When we don't understand, we don't understand the Bible, we can pray to the Holy Spirit and Jesus, or the Holy Spirit will give us the knowledge and the wisdom that we need to, to, uh, to understand the Word of God. Uh, I learned in Asbury Seminary, we pretty much threw out the commentaries. You studied the Bible until the answer came to you. And I still do that a lot today. Sometimes I use a commentary to kind of help down the road a little bit. Uh, number two, he's the helper. Number three, he's the comforter. And these are just some of the attributes of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you what the Holy Spirit did not come for. Did not come. He did not come to cleanse you of your sins. Let's get that straight now. People will say, well, the Holy Spirit cleaned me, cleaned me up. No, he did not. The Holy Spirit did not clean you one bit. That was what the blood on the Calvary did in Jesus Christ. When you, when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, all your sins have been cleaned up, the past, the present, and the future. Charles Stanley, we've got an amen there somewhere. Let me repeat that. When Jesus died on the cross, his blood was poured out on Calvary, all your sins from the past, the present, and the future were wiped clean. Amen. Man, there we go. Thank you. If you accept it. They've been wiped clean, but you've got to accept a free gift. You've got to accept a free gift. The, all the sins of the world have been cleansed if you will accept it. You're right. You've got to accept it. Uh, he did not come to cleanse you. He said he will help you he will help you get rid of habitual sin because the Holy Spirit wants you holy. You need to be holy to stand before God. And the Holy Spirit will help you. He's a helper. He's a helper. He's going to help you with these things. But he did not cleanse you. The blood of Jesus cleansed you. I guess we separated the Holy Spirit just for a minute there. The Holy Spirit come to give you and me and the church a gift. I'm going to mention all the gifts because there's several gifts. The, a gift is, a gift from the Holy Spirit is something that you can now do that normally you could not do very well before the Holy Spirit comes. Standing up in front of people preaching would be one of those gifts, people. I used to like just working on airplanes. I never thought that I would be a preacher. Never thought. Even the first time they mentioned it to me, I never thought I would do that. 
But it's the Holy Spirit that gives us the gift to do things that goes along that we'd never be able to do. First uh, Corinthians two eight through ten. Uh, this is in Ephesians. Uh, there's a couple places in the Bible it's at. These are just some of the other attributes of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us wisdom, knowledge. Uh, knowledge is known about a subject. I just wrote a paper about this, by the way. Knowledge is known about the subject. Wisdom is applying the knowledge to that subject. You know, uh, on my paper, I wrote about motorcycles. I could read every motorcycle magazine. I could read every safety manual. I could watch every motorcycle video on how to ride a motorcycle. Not until I get on it and start riding it does that knowledge turn into wisdom. And experience is a big part of wisdom. Common sense. Some people just lack common sense. It's a big part of it. The Holy Spirit gives us faith. The Holy Spirit is healing. Uh, the Holy Spirit gives us miracles. The Holy Spirit gives us prophecy. The Holy Spirit gives us a, uh, discerning spirits. And there's a whole list more things the Holy Spirit gives us. But there is a gift that every believer received with the Holy, when they were baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. There is a gift that every one of us received. Anybody want to guess what that gift is? Jesus did that for us. I mean, if you want to split it up, Jesus did that for us. To be a witness to about Christ. The Holy Spirit's job is to point back to glorify Jesus. We're splitting it up just a little bit here. And the gift that God has given you and me is the gift of witnessing, to share our faith. Well, how do I do that, preacher? How do I do that? This is where the church is in trouble today, not glory church. All the churches are in trouble. When was the last time that you actually sat down and shared with somebody why you believe in Jesus Christ? Number one, you do not have to be a theologian. You do not have to go to seminary. You do not have to go to Bible study class. I mean, you need to go to Bible study class. You don't have to go to a, a formal training as in like I have gone through as a preacher and stuff. You don't have to do that. The Holy Spirit gives you knowledge and wisdom to what you need to share your faith with other people. In the CMA, Christian Motorcycle Association, we used to learn how to share our faith in two minutes or less. Me, it's five minutes or less, because I can't even say my name in two minutes or less. Introduce yourself. Well, I'm the awesome, wonderful Larry. You know, I've got a whole, all these attributes to go with my name. You know, quit looking at me, Sue. So I'm going to include the rest of y'all in the sermon. Quit looking at me. But so in two minutes or less, what does Jesus, what does Jesus do in your life? Anybody, real quick, what has Jesus done in your life? We all might need to come to the altar. He has saved you from yourself and your sins. He has cleansed you from all your sins. And, and so that's the number one. He has saved me. As David said in Psalms 51, there I am. You know, Lord, I was in sin from my mother, from the mother's womb. I've always been in sin. But Lord, if you will clean me with high sock and you will clean me, make me white as snow, I will teach others so they will know about the love and kindness and mercy and come to know you. Man, that's a whole evangelism thing right there. What did Jesus Christ do for you? He cleansed me from my sin. I was destined for hell, and he changed my address. Because he cleansed me from my sins. You know what sins? Well, the original sin, we don't want to go down that road. What did you do wrong yesterday? We just cut to the chase. What did you do wrong today? 
What, what attitude did you have there? What spirit did you have there? So we don't even, so we're sometimes so caught up in ourselves, we don't even realize the sin that's in us. We got up today just praising God. I got up today, I had a bad old leg cramp at 2 o'clock, that alarm clock went off, I'm thinking, Tammy, you might have to preach for me, I'm still tired. And she assured me that I was getting out of bed because more than my leg was going to hurt. <laughs> if I didn't, then get over here. Uh, but so, uh, so there's the sin. Uh, well, so we've got to go along. Number one, Jesus, Jesus paid the price for all those sins. Once we're securely in him, all those sins are paid for. All those sins are paid for. Uh, so regardless of what it is, what, what, do you, what's the, what was the last thing you struggled with spiritually? Well, I said, it could be finance, it could be marriage, it could be with kids, it could be with grandkids, it could be with death, it could be all these things that we struggled with that God has given us the wisdom and the power and the strength to see through. You don't need to go back 50 years of sin. What's, What's going on in your life today? How is God interacting in your life today? What is your future because of Christ in your life? What is your future because of Christ in your life? There you go. Those are the three witnessing things. May the Lord, I David and Bathsheba, Psalm 51. I was in sin. I figured it out. Nathan had to tell him, by the way. I don't know how. That's a whole subject by itself. Nathan tells me he's in sin. He comes. Uh, he comes to realize. He comes to ask for repentance. God cleans him. He's white as snow. And he, because God has cleaned him, he will tell others about it. Witnessing. What has God done for you today? That's it, people. The church has lost telling the story. The church has lost telling the story. We had this guy come to conference, this doctor, somebody, quietly courageous. He wrote a book. I'm going to have to read the book when I get caught up on other things. Uh, He brought up this point. He brought up this point to us. The days, in the old days, when you and I were children... We belonged to a church. Whether or not you attended the church was a whole different story. But the culture was designed, when you moved to a new community, you either joined pretty much the Baptist, either the Catholic, the Baptist, the Methodist, the Church of God, or the Presbyterian. The church of God was kind of maybe in between. But the Presbyterian, the Presbyterians, the Methodists, the Baptist, or the Catholic Church. Those are the four main churches in any community. Your status in that community was linked to your membership to that church. Whether you win or not, it's a whole different story. It was like, those days are gone. The days of people naturally just coming to us is gone. The church needs to figure this out. He brought up that we are in a countercultural system. The church today should be where it's supposed to be, different than the community. Because the community went from community to individualism, and the church is really a community. And stays here, even though there's individuals here, but stays here. And so the only way, the only way that you're going to get people in this church or any other church is you're going to have to go out and tell people why they need Jesus in their life. The day of them knowing why they need him and rejecting him is gone. Most of the people don't even know about Jesus. I have been now to funerals where a lot of times a lot of funerals are held at the funeral home because people are uncomfortable in church. They have not been in church their whole life. We are three to four generations where some people have never been in church. 
And so with that in mind, with that in mind, we need to realize that we live in a different culture. No longer, this guy brought up this point, no longer do we need to go to Africa. No longer do we need to go to India or Korea or anywhere else to be on a mission trip to find people that don't know Jesus. Those people are in your community today. Our communities are full of people that don't know who Jesus is. Our people are full of community that think abortion is just a funny game. Our people are in our community that think that all these other things, worshiping Satan is a funny game. There's another Satan tower going up somewhere. Jonathan Collins was talking about it. I didn't see where it was going. People think it's just funny as can be to worship Satan. They don't realize that what they are dealing with. In the world today, too many church people, well, you know what, I forgive them because that's what the Bible says. They ain't forgave nobody. They, they, so they can work it with their mouth, but they, can't, they don't feel it in their heart. Last night, Casting Crowns, he talked about, I made Tammy may have to correct me on this. The guy talked about worship. Worship is not just something you do. Worship is something that lives inside of you. Because worship is about loving God. You know that God loves you. Remember that feeling? Remember that feeling when uh, the first time you met your soulmate there, your husband, your wife, or boyfriend, girlfriend, however that went, and boy, that feeling you had of that newness of that relationship, that's worship, people. That's how we should be with God every day. Every day we should be, because he lives in us. Let me bring this up. I had to write a paper recently, and I used something in that paper. Uh, uh, this is for our communion here. Uh, God's gift to us through the Holy Spirit is grace. So what is the definition of grace? It is kindness or favor of God has for us by his own choice. Let me repeat that. Grace is the kindness and favor of God that he has for us by his own choice. He, uh, he was willing to give us Christ to die for our sins. He poured out his Holy Spirit on us and he poured out blessings upon us. If I say I am Christ, not that I am Christ, but Christ lives in me, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Can we all say that? Christ lives in me through the power of the Holy Spirit, and I've been baptized by the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I must love others. I cannot say I do not, I can say I do not like that person. That person is hard to love, but because of the name of Christ, I have to love that person. If I say I am Christ, if I say I am, or Christ lives in me through the power of the Holy Spirit, I have to be willing to break my body for others. I have to be willing to give myself as Christ has given to me for others. If I say I am a Christian and Christ lives in me through the power of the Holy Spirit, I have to be willing to pour myself into other people's lives. This is the blood of Christ poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. I have no right to call myself a Christian if I refuse to love others, 
if I refuse to be involved with others and break myself for them, or willing to pour out my life into other people's lives. I have no right to say that Christ lives in me. Let us pray. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we ask you to bless the bread to be your body. We ask you to bless the juice, Lord, to be your blood. To remind us that you have this blessing of bestowing upon us the forgiveness of sin. And you have given us, the church, the keys to heaven and hell. I mean, to heaven, Lord. You have keys to hell, but we have keys to heaven. And Lord, let us, we're to teach others that this gift is a free gift for everyone. We're to love others. We're to be able to be with others. We're to pour ourselves out to other people's lives. And Lord, we ask you this in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I say this, but the sole fact is, you got BPS this week. You gotta be willing to just break it all down and pour yourself out into all those kids. But you all do it anyway. Did Harold and uh, Jeff come up first? Okay, the other people would come up. Use the bookcase for now. If the uh, would come up, then we will do the. We'll do Miss Odell and Mr. Autry, and then the Google Tree. sweeter and sweeter every time. 